0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Timeless Voyager, where the knowledge is timeless, and you are the Voyager. I'm your host, Bruce Stephen Holmes. So buckle up, because today's ride will be a bumpy one. I promise it. Today's guest is Jesse Blend, coming to us live from Costa Rica. Now, I know Jesse as a person who uses a device called a pendulum, Uh, I know that this strange device when in the hands of a gifted person can do all sorts of different things including but not limited to finding people and objects like lost airplanes. Now Jesse Blend seems to be kind of a normal guy from Kansas who moved to Costa Rica and bought a fruit farm. But that is really far from the truth. In fact, When he learned how to use a pendulum, his normal world changed dramatically. As a matter of fact, he learned what happened to the Malaysia Flight 370, which disappeared in March of 2014 with 239 passengers and crew never found. Now, he began communicating with the crew of Flight 370 using his pendulum. Then he learned that there were non-humans on the jet mixed in with the humans. Now, if you happen to miss that, uh, you can watch the YouTube Timeless Voyager podcast number 288. However, today, Jesse has a list of new topics to talk about. So, without further ado, let me introduce you to our guest today, Jesse Blund. Welcome to the show, Jesse.
1: Hello, everyone. Uh, it's nice to be here. It's always always interesting. Bruce has um, interesting and amazing topics here.
0: So um, we, uh, you actually made the best of the situation. Your, your computer couldn't get the uh, camera working, and you're using your phone, and it looks great. So we'll use this shot most of the time, and, and uh, I'm happy with it. Okay. Um. I have a list that I made here of things that we'd like to talk about today. Um, I know you like to talk about things like consciousness after death. So why don't we just start with that one, and then what I'd like to do, and maybe maybe I should hold that for a second. How about explaining to those people who are not familiar with you and are not familiar with the pendulum what it is and how you use it?
1: Okay, Uh, a pendulum, I have one here. In my case, uh, they can be almost anything. I have used a a roll of onions on a string. Um, But it it is normally on a string or a chain, and it it moves. Uh, In this case, it can move to the right. There it's moving on its own. It's moving to the right, which is, if you want to say, for me, yes, or positive, or sending positive energy. It can also move to the left, which is no or taking away, removing negative energies. And then when it goes side to side, it means I have contact with, uh, some people call it the, the, anyway, with other dimensions. Hmm. I have contact with the source of information. Now, I believe almost anybody could do this. In my case, actually, it took a few months for it to work, very much at all. And I've seen people who do it immediately. So I, I don't consider myself that at least initially I was not especially gifted or anything. Um, so I, I think almost anybody could do it. And the, and people start out with yes and no. But to me, the most useful is multiple choice. So I can ask, in what percent is something true? Or how many dollars does my mom have in the bank? And I go... <laughs> And and I just watch it. It, it. I'm not counting the movements of the pendulum. I mean, I'm not counting the movements of the pendulum. I'm just watching its reaction. Hmm. So, for example, when my mom had, uh, in this case, I asked what right before she died how much money she had to, to see if we could pay stuff because she had a lot of expenses. And the answer was seventy four thousand dollars. So, and that was true. They brought they brought the deposits and everything the next day and added them all up and it was seventy four thousand dollars. But to indicate $74,000, I go 10000 it's not moving much. Twenty. it's starting to go a little circular. $30,000, $40,000, 50000 By the time I'm up to 70000 it's almost perfectly circular. 71 dollars 73 dollars 74, 74000 is perfectly circular. And if I think 75000 it just gradually slows down and stops. See? Yeah. stops. Uh, and, and let me it, just say. It loses thing. energy.
0: A lot of people are watching this and they're thinking, isn't this guy just <laughs> moving his hand? So uh, tell everyone what your experience is, because obviously we can't prove anything to anybody, but an experience is always worthwhile.
1: Yeah. I think if somebody really wanted to prove it, they could, because my pendulum absolutely moves much more than my hand does. But it's it's kind of like tarot cards. The tarot cards are actually changing as you're shuffling the deck or as you're asking the questions, but it's very difficult to prove it scientifically. Right. <laughs> yes. Right? Yeah. But, but I, I am absolutely convinced my wife uses tarot cards, and it is absolutely, absolutely amazing the, the, the correctness of the answers you get. You know, that something is happening. That's, that's the communication and impossibility of communication between the dimensions. There's a veil, that's the veil. That's what they call the veil, that that you can't really communicate openly and directly between the dimensions because we're in different dimensions.
0: So we can actually use that as a way to get into the first uh, part of the topic, which was consciousness after death. I think it was what what you had in your list.
1: Yeah. Okay. I I imagine you probably, probably most people have seen near-death experiences. There are so many. What they call near-death experiences. On, for example, on YouTube, there's people who publish a new one every day, and they're always really interesting. And uh, most of what the inf- the information I get basically backs that up. Backs up these general the general things of this. But we are definitely conscious after death. Um, different people, it's different. I had a friend who died who didn't believe in life after death. <laughs> And I communicated with him like a week after he died, and he was just all confused. He, my, my wife felt what he was feeling. He, he liked to hear my voice, and he kind of recognized me, but he didn't understand what had happened. And then uh, about a month later, I contacted him again, and he said, Jesse, you can't believe what this place is like. It's absolutely fantastic. It's like the absolute best vacation you could ever imagine, and I'm going to be here waiting for you. So I have my friend Dave is waiting for me in heaven. They don't call it heaven, but I think I see no reason not to call it heaven.
0: Well, I mean, whatever it is, it's just a good
1: place. So that's right. It can be different. It can be. But that's not very common.
0: Now you you opened up. What do you mean by it can be different?
1: um, There was a multimillionaire here in Costa Rica. He came from the U.S. He brought uh, $600 million. Which he gained honestly. And he ended up committing suicide. And he lived, his farm actually starts across the street from our farm. And he lived maybe, I don't know, it's quite a ways away, maybe five miles away or so. And I communicated with him four years after he was, after he died. And he was basically screaming. My wife said he felt like he was falling constantly in darkness. And he was just like groaning. And he wouldn't talk to me. I had to insist on talking to him. I finally got through to him, and this is on my one of my YouTube videos. Uh, John Bender is the guy's name. The communication with him, and I ended up talking with him and settling him down, and and having a, an interesting conversation with him. Uh, I would say that's what that's where the Catholics. I'm not saying that they're all all correct or all incorrect, but that's the basic idea of purgatory. He had built such an emotional prison around himself that he was stuck in that. But he eventually got out. I've contacted him two other times, and now he's fine. The second time, he said he was like in a school, but he was doing much better, but he still cried a lot. And I talked to him the second time, and then the third time, actually, my wife talked to him. I I didn't talk to him personally, but she did. She communicated, and everything is fine. He's okay. So when people have a problem after after death, lots of times it does take quite a while for them to, if you want to say, get back on track. And but but I think I think they always do.
0: So just, so you were not necessarily using the concept of committing suicide as having been a reason. No, uh, uh,
1: definitely because I've I've also talked to. T- I talked to another person, one of my wife's uncles who committed suicide, mm-hmm. and he was in nowhere near a situation like that. He just said he shouldn't have done it because he should have stayed around to help with with his niece and nephew, which is my wife. But he didn't say, oh, you know, I was stuck in hell forever, you know. Or, or he, a- didn't, he didn't say it with a lot of regret, except I should have stayed around.
0: That's a good clarification that you made there because I think people put you know, everything seems like black or white, on or off, yeah. good or bad. And this this gives the impression, for example, that uh, that maybe suicide itself is not as bad as people think. But maybe the 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 reasons for committing suicide are more about what it's about.
1: Right. I had a friend who's actually a pretty good friend, but he he ended up being he had major health problems, and then he couldn't keep a job, and and uh He ended up being basically homeless, separated from his wife. He ended up homeless. He was always having problems. And and I was, on my videos, I checked people's net worth. (laughs) So I was showing somebody's net worth, you know, whatever, Jeff Bezos, and his net worth was $700 billion or something. And I thought, well, who's the poorest person I know? And his name is Alex. And I connected with him, and his net worth was like $240. And two weeks later, he hung himself. Um, but both me and my wife make, communicated with him. Me with a pendulum because I don't feel that, and she connected with him emotionally wise. And both of us says he's okay. Sure. That was, you know, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't achieve much in this life. But it's not that he is in hell forever or anything like that. It just it, this life was not a was not successful for him, unfortunately.
0: One of the things that you had in your list was uh, talking about past lives. Yes. What kind of information do you have for us today?
1: Well, uh, I do hypnosis. My, my most, my most uh, common patient is my wife. But uh, <laughs> we've gone back to several past lives of hers. Uh, one time we went back to a past life where we, we just asked if we'd been together. Uh, this was the last time that we asked this and we were a couple she went back to the year 1304 in the alps and we were a married couple i was the man she was the woman but it's not always that, like that and we were happily married um and my the names came out i wrote them down you know they sound more or less swiss or german or whatever our names and we were a happily married couple and you just kind of ask the story of your lives. Uh, it, they said it was one of our first lives on the earth, so we had a relatively easy life. And, uh, and you know, our names came out and everything. And I, w- w- uh, we lived high up in the mountains where we had sheep, sheep and goats. And in the summer times, they'd have like these festivals, you know, like the harvest festivals and stuff down in the towns. And we'd go down to them, and there was this girl that would come to those festivals, and I liked her And ever since I was a little kid. And when I was 13, I think she was 11, I fell in love with her. So I worked for my dad from when I was 13 till I was 18 to save money so we could get married. And we got married, and we had five kids and lived happily basically ever after. <laughs> and here I am. I end up talking to myself from the year 1300 and something. I was actually talking to myself. Hmm. through my wife, of course. And I said, you know, I'm talking to you from the future. Do you have contact with the future? Now, this was after I had died in that life. Wow. Okay. Because uh, that my wife died first, and and then I didn't, because there, if you don't get ready for the winter, you die. The winters are so severe. My wife died, so I didn't get ready for the winter. and And when I died... And went to heaven she said you fool why didn't you get ready for winter and i said without you it's not worth it and she said well you're right <laughs> so here i am talking to myself I, I hear myself and her and my wife both talking from the year 1300 and something through my wife and i asked you know i'm talking to you from the future and you know we have odd things i mean like we have these giant birds made out of metal with people inside and i was like really really critical. Oh, I asked, can you see things from the future? And I said some things. We're allowed to see some things. So there's like some restriction, which which seems to be common. There's like a certain amount of restriction on what the contact we can have. But he said, but you're wasting your time. You don't know where you're going. You know, I was like really critical of, of all the stupid things we do now. I said, we have cars. He said, yeah, but <laughs> but, but you don't know where you're going. Anyway. Um, that's, that's just one example of past life. Now, with the pendulum, I can just ask about my past lives, and I haven't done it with very many. My last past life, I asked my name and the pendulum, you know, I ask how many words and then how many letters in each word, and the pendulum spells it out. I go down the alphabet. My last life, I was Ghetto Cab Ben Peben, and I died of hunger at seven years old in Mozambique. Hmm. My mother died when I was two and I could just keep asking questions, you know, like, okay, is my, was my mother alive then? It would say no. And I said, well, how old, how old was I when my mother died? One, two, and it answers two, you know, I still have brothers uh, alive in Mozambique from that life. Before then, but but I died at seven, right? And I get out the year that I was born and usually there's between a few months to a few years between lives, Um. Before that, it, said, it had said I was from Brazil. I just asked one time. It said from Brazil, but I hadn't asked again. So this time, I okay, I'm going to ask more about that life in Brazil. And I asked my name. I said, a man or a woman. I was a woman. I asked how many letters in my name and whatever it was, nine, whatever. And it spelled out J-A-C-Q-U-I-L-I-N-E. And then I asked my last name how many letters. And I'm thinking it's going to be Portuguese, right? And it spells out Habinowitz, which, of course, is, I think, Jewish, and I ask, was I born in Brazil? And the answer is no. Where was I born? Uh, US, North America? No. South America? No. Europe? Yes. So I go down the countries of Europe, and I was born in Poland in 1923. Hmm. I arrived in Brazil in 1943, and I was murdered in 1947. And I think <laughs> I think I was born as as Cabo Beben in 1949, if I remember right. I have it written down there. So, so- –
0: it's interesting to hear this story because I keep thinking to myself. um, So the veil of ignorance keeps us from really knowing all this stuff. I wonder why, I guess it's just information that you have to investigate if you want to, but otherwise it's not.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it's, You know, we're here to learn, and if we if we remembered all of our past lives and had open contact with everybody, we wouldn't might not learn as much. No, would be it would be crazy, actually. I mean, at at the same time, at the same time, it is a. I mean, I'm doing it. I'm contacting. You know, I've talked to my mother, and I've talked to. I'd have to make a list of how many how many people that I've talked to on the other side. And, and all the people I know, have none of them have had a negative experience, except my dad. Hmm. My dad, uh, after you die, within a few days, you do the life review. And uh, my wife actually saw...
0: Well, wait, wait, wait. Tell us what the live review is, so that people know.
1: Okay. The life review... Now, in these near-death experiences, which you can see on YouTube all the time, a lot of people do talk about the life review. Um, and I have not seen this. My wife has actually seen how it works. Um, but you're reviewing uh, everything that you did in your life. And it's effect on other people. Mostly it's emotional effect. And if you have caused pain, you might have to feel the pain that you caused. Um, which would be maybe the closest thing to, to judgment and hell that probably really happens. Uh, you, and like, like my mother, she said, I'm, uh, if I would have known that you went through such, I had a bunch of really bad experience. If I would have known that you went through all that, I would have helped you, but I didn't know. And I said, well, did you see all the stuff I went through? She said, oh, we see everything that happened to everybody that we knew. And so she understood a lot of things after, after she died, she understood a lot of things. And I, I think they ask you, could you have done that better or, you know, what, what would happen if you would have done it the other way? But it's all it's all an emotional experience to learn and, and still learn love. They always end up emphasizing that right. Love. Hmm. Uh, but in my case, my dad, if if you have some experience that you can't really comprehend, you're stuck. My dad was stuck 22 years in the life review because he didn't know how to show love for his children. And when I when I insisted on talking to him, he was he was too ashamed to talk to me. Uh, I my, my mom died in 2015, and he died in 1993. Okay. I was talking to my mom because before she died, we made the deal. I said, Mom, I'm gonna be in touch with you. I told her some of my experiences, says, is it okay if we're in touch? He says, I guess so. <laughs> so so like uh three or four days after she died we were in a meeting with with another woman who gets channeled messages you know i was planning on talking to my mom through my wife hypnosis in a week or two and and this other friend said um your mom is here and she says she's ready to talk (laughs) so she was actually initiated the conversation between us and then you know i hypnotized my wife and we started it really interesting i have those are on. I have that on YouTube also, and most of it is in Spanish. Um, but anyway, my dad was there, and and my mom said, "My, your dad through me wants to ask forgiveness because he never learned how to show love." Mm. And and my wife saw him, and he was like with his head down, and 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 she said he, she saw this bald guy with brown hair, and I told her that my that my dad had blue eyes, so she thought he had blonde hair, and I'd never mentioned that he was bald. So she saw this bald guy with brown hair, and she didn't, my wife didn't think it was my dad. And she, after that, she said, did your dad, did he wear an apron? Because I saw something there with pencils and, and stuff up here, like, like in a pocket. And I said, no, my dad didn't wear an apron, but he always wore overalls, <laughs> which had the thing for the pencils. So she saw him in his overalls, ashamed to talk to me. I insisted on talking to him, and we said things that we didn't say when we were alive. The, both of us were crying. And for the first time in my life, I felt love for my dad. Hmm. And that allowed him to get out of the life review and go forward. These are good experiences. Yeah. Oh, it's really positive. Um, Let's see. I have so many experiences. um. Uh, I've had that experience with my sister, my sister who who refused to talk to me.
0: That's she wasn't on speaking terms with me.
1: What? Quite a family you had there. Yeah, um, because I had a long-lost brother. Hmm. Uh, I won't tell the whole story, but my, wa- my mother, before she married my dad, had a baby that she gave in adoption. Oh, I see. And she never knew what happened to him. Hmm. And my mother died, and my brother, who was uh, five years older than me, he, through DNA testing, he got in contact with us and found us. We had no idea we had a lost brother. And we actually got to meet each other. And uh, And my mother came through. She had a message for, for my brother, Bob, that we that had found us. And she wanted to get this message to him. It's a really moving message. And it's it's in Spanish and English. I can send you the link. It's her message for her lost son that she never knew what happened to him. <laughs> And she said, whenever we are together, she will be with us. Hmm. But I published that on YouTube, the video of of my wife channeling my mom, (laughs) telling the story of our lost brother. And my sister didn't want that first, didn't even want to believe it. So she was against this. And I put the video on and she said, if you don't take that down, I'm never speaking to you again. Hmm. And she didn't for like two years. Then she died. And uh, she died on Monday. On Wednesday, my wife was sitting at the table and got looking a little funny. And it was my sister coming to say, I'm, I'm with mom. I'm fine. I'm with mom. I'm sorry for what I did. And I, and I love you. And we can be in touch. Hmm. So, so I've been in touch with her a few times. A, few, a couple of weeks later, I asked to talk to her. And I couldn't talk to her because she was busy doing the life review so my wife saw how they do the life review she says there are these capsules she called them cocoons and you can see the lights flashing in them going through the scenes of people's lives they're like projections and each of those has a has a soul in there seeing her their past lives and she says there are angels that go around between these capsules these cocoons to make sure that everybody's okay so she saw the, she saw these cocoons with the lights flashing and these angels going around. I didn't ask her what the angels looked like, but she's seen all that stuff. And then after you, after the life for you, then you know I don't know. <laughs> it's uh, I don't know all that happens, but uh, some of the many of them, of course, are reincarnated. But only a part of you reincarnates also. So well,
0: I don't understand. Once at all. Again, you open up another one. What do you mean? On. Only a part of you reincarnates
1: well i i I cannot prove that i've i've you know a lot of people have said that this is timeless voyager there's no proof here okay (laughs) but but i don't I, i don't have much personal experience other than my mom okay my mom at first after she died she was you know a little bit confused and stuff and then gradually she just i guess you could say advanced and she was trying to teach us One time she got talking about the elasticity of time and all kinds of technical stuff that was way over our head. And she said she could be seeing herself being born in one life and seeing her death in that life at the same time. So she has a consciousness that is above the incarnated part here on Earth, Hmm. which I am assuming is what they call the higher self. Interesting yeah but I don't know enough about it to to really explain it uh the more you see i mean it's it is complicated but it's it's also amazing
0: it is um let's talk a little bit about ghosts now because there's i guess quite a difference here is there Am I yeah.
1: yeah um ghosts my experiences with ghosts I, um, actually my first experience with ghosts, and I'll try to keep it short there. We, we know a guy who has a pro has a group here in Costa Rica who investigate ghosts. And there was a big, big company that makes these giant concrete tubes that they put under the, like the interstate highways and they build a new factory and the machinery in the factory was coming on and it, you know, actually like a guys leg off and stuff like that. Mm. And they were convinced that they had ghost problems. So, uh, and uh, this friend is telling the story, right? So they called in the Ghostbusters, which were the friend and his two or three other people. And one of them was this woman like my wife who channels messages. And as soon as they got together, one of the one of the one of the owners, like three or four sons and stuff, who owned this company, the dad had died. The dad had started and made the company and, and he died. And and one of them didn't believe in the ghost, he wasn't gonna come to that meeting. That's crazy, you know. So he didn't come. So as soon as they started the meeting, here comes the dad talking through the woman who channels, says, you silly sons, didn't I? I tried everything I could to keep you from making that fat new factory in that Indian graveyard. No wonder you have ghost problems. You asked for it. And you wonder where all the money goes. Well, John, who didn't come here because he says he doesn't believe in ghosts, he's been spending it all on that, on that Nicaraguan woman with the pretty legs. When I was, when I was, when I was on Earth, I, I spent money on women, but I didn't spend the company money. so here's this is this guy's talking okay so so i thought okay that's a place where there's ghosts so i i thought i want to communicate with those ghosts with the pendulum you know there's an Indian graveyard. there's genuine ghosts there so so i started communicating with them and i asked their i asked if they're uh, actually they i got out the pendulum and 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 the pendulum stopped it wouldn't work when that happens i have interference so i asked are you of the light and if it's light doesn't interfere with my pendulum, but are you of are you of the light? No, I thought okay, it's the darkness, right? It's the bad guys. So I asked, are you of the darkness? And the answer was no. Thought, okay, well, they're not of the light. They're not of the darkness. What's their energy age? And I checked it, and it was 103.0. Okay, now we have those are
0: ghosts. We have to tell everybody what these numbers mean. So you, yeah, so you keep explaining. Go ahead.
1: That's this system that. If you want to say I discovered or was shown to me where I can communicate with anybody and for normal people, it's an indicator of health from roughly zero to 100 and we die at 100. So if, if my health, if I'm if I'm 60 and my energy age is 60, I'm more or less normal for my age. Right. But if I'm 60 and my energy age is 95, I have some major health problem. And you got what? And If I'm 65, you're dead. Well, it's not. It's, it's not literal in that sense. It's a serious health problem, but you can have a serious health problem for years. Whoa. So it's not how many years you have left. It's the condition of your health at this moment. Okay. Like right now, I really hurt my shoulders. It's a long story. I got my shoulder really hurt. And my energy age is 66. I have never had an energy age of 66 since I started checking. I'm usually around 40. Hmm. But that doesn't mean, oh, boy, I'm going to die 20 years earlier. Because my energy age went up 26 years No, It's almost like I'll, an indicator. I'll probably
0: improve. So it's like an indicator maybe of pain, of, of a disruption, in, of sort of disease. Yes.
1: Or yes. So, so when people die, it's at exactly 100. And like my brother-in-law died about three months ago, and I can't remember exactly, but his energy age is like 101 now, right? It As I was mentioning, it goes a little faster on the other side, maybe three or four times faster. My mother-in-law, who died uh, three yeah. years ago, she's now 117.
0: Okay, yeah, you need to explain this. So now, what is happening after death? What do those numbers mean? One, well, let's
1: say if seven more. you you go forward, they keep going up, and if you if you're stuck as a ghost, which is to my I call it an emotional trap. Okay. The uh, the ghosts always have a low frequency emotion. I test the emotional frequency with my pendulum on a scale of 1,000, where 1,000 is pure love. But everybody who feels good is usually 800 to 900 or so. So I can really tell how well people are feeling. Hmm. And ghosts are always, basically always under 300. They have a low emotional frequency. Okay, what I do, I contact them, and I can ask where they're from. I can spell out their names. I can ask what they died from, what year, how many kids they had, uh, whatever. I can ask anything. But then I I send to take away low frequency emotions, and let's say they were at two hundred, they might go up to four hundred. And then I send high frequency emotions that go up enough that they now can leave the whatever you would call where the ghosts are. They can they don't they're no longer ghosts and their energy age goes up almost always to about one hundred and six. Just with that emotional adjustment. Okay. And and then they can continue. I I have talked to ghosts, and the, the the ghosts that I've talked to, if you want to call them ghosts, are what I call stuck souls. Mm-hmm. They're in people's bodies because they need energy, and and they're. This is actually very common. So they're My kind wife.
0: of like vampires in a sense. They're like getting their energy from the physical body.
1: Yes. Okay. I don't call them vampires because all the ones, all the ones that I have communicated with have been nice people. <laughs> well, but, I just use
0: the term meaning not that they're—they're
1: they're energy vampires, yeah.
0: they're—they're like they're pulling energy in order to exist. Right. Okay.
1: And uh, I, I've, with my wife, I have, I have, uh, I have talked to three, if you want to say, I call them stuck souls, three stuck souls who were in her body causing her pain because the energy they take causes pain I mean, sometimes intense pain and, and i've also talked to two astral larvas <laughs> which were a total surprise to me my wife had one and then i talked uh, and, and i asked she had this thing in her neck you know that obviously it's not a physical thing but hypnotized she could see it and it says it looks like a larva so i said well let me see if i can talk to it and i said what are you doing there and and the larva said oh I, i'm uh I'm sucking energy. We, we smell negative emotions. So that's what we live off of. Wow. And, I, and I told him, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send you positive emotions because I don't want you to stay here causing problems for my, for my wife. So I sent positive emotions to it. And the pendulum spins, sending positive emotions. And it spins on its own, of course. I don't move it. It spins to the right, barely in big circles, you know, circles 15 inches in diameter. I'm not moving my hand. And, and after a while, this larva says, I- I'm, I'm leaving now. And I said, where are you going? And I'd never thought, I'd heard the term astral larva, but I never thought, even though my wife said it, it looks like a larva, I never thought. And I said, where are you going? He said, I'm going to the astral sea. I will find a new host. We smell them. Hmm. So he left, and the pain went away in my wife's neck. So this
0: is a good reason not to have negative emotions or at least try to cut, cut down. Yes. On-
1: Yeah, they they live off the energy. Now, these negative ones, okay? Now, the actual stuck souls are just living off of regular energy, I guess. The last one I talked to, well, the first one I talked to my wife was really interesting. He was this five-year-old Mexican boy, Hmm. and he was stuck in her elbow, and she had these sharp pains in her elbow. She had to sleep with her elbow on pillows because if it, it hit the wall, it would just wake her up from the stabbing pain. So I hypnotized her see what's there. And and, and, I, and the, the, I talk to angels when I hypnotize. So the angel says, it's a dark being. <laughs> so I thought, okay, well, this is a bad guy. So I think, okay, Mr. Being, who's in in my, in my wife's elbow, what are you doing there? And he said, all this is in Spanish and it's on YouTube. He said, I have a name. I'm called, my name is, is John Juan. And I said, okay, Juan, what are you doing there? And he says, I don't have anywhere to go. I'm a little boy. So I start talking to him and he's, he would go to heaven, but he says he has to know that his mom is there waiting for him. So I have to convince him to go to heaven, to go to the light, and he sees the light up up there. And anyway, uh, I won't tell the whole story, but I I helped him to the light and his his mom's arms reached out of the light to take him in. Mm-hmm. And about three weeks later, my our friend hypnotized my wife and I asked about Juan and his mom. And, and and my wife saw them. She says they're they're here, and they want to thank you for helping him get them together, and that I earned grace by helping Juan to the light.
0: Hey, so they're fine. Anytime you can get any grace is a good idea. That's good. Nice. Good story. I like that. The, one.
1: the last one. My wife had these h- pains in her hip, so I again asked to talk to whatever's whatever's there um sometimes they're just balls of emotions and stuff they're not always a being mm. like she had a, a ball of, tre- of treachery in her back it was causing her back pains and i had to, to dissolve this ball of treachery and and until it gradually eased up and then she was okay but this last night she had this pain in her hip so i talked to it and and as a woman she said she died in 1635 giving birth to her first baby Mm -hmm. and she has been looking for her baby in she said in the hips of of other women ever since since 1635 and i i I have this record i haven't put it on youtube i do have the recording and uh So I said, do you see a light anywhere? And she says, there's no light anymore. At first, at least for years, they see a little light. And it's roughly 60 meters, roughly a couple hundred feet away. And it's it's about a couple inches diameter. And that's the light, if you want to say the tunnel of light that they need to go to. But they don't realize that. They were confused or whatever. And my understanding is after three days, you have three days to go to the light. Right. And if you don't... Then the light, if you want to say it, goes far away, but it stays there. But in this case, she says there's no light anymore. So I said, well, I'll see if I can help you. Let me see if I can bring light with my pendulum. So I sent the pendulum to spin. The pendulum spinning away. And after a while, she says, I see a little, like a little flame over there. Oh, and I'd ask where she's from. She says, I'm from what? what is now Russia. and Her name is Allison. Hmm. But, but at that time, it wasn't Russia, of course. But so evidently, anyway, they they know what's going on i mean they know the names of the, of the modern countries and stuff within reason um after a while she said i see a little like a little flame so i said well go there and see if you like it she said yeah i like it it's it's like warm okay okay let's see if we can make that make that flame bigger so it's big enough so it becomes the light the tunnel of light where you need to go and after a while she says i can go in now and and she went in and there were her Two parents and her little boy not not the dead newborn baby which is a little boy like a year or two old for her to know that he's that he's like that he really survived even though he died in this plane that he he really survived and she's with her parents and her baby boy and and the pain when my wife's hip went away
0: this is like a whole new modality for working with uh,
1: therapies uh, yeah it's it's amazing um I did I said I did want to tell one story and yes. it it doesn't have anything to do with consciousness after death but this is one of the if you want to see the the to me almost almost humorous humorous stories I had with a pendulum but it shows it shows there's really something there um when when I this was probably about 2014 2015 when I started my wife didn't really um she thought I was going overboard because I got all excited. And and she said, well, you know, and she didn't believe all the stuff, especially when I was contacting with, with negative beings. She didn't really believe in negative beings, you know, and, and I do <laughs> because I've had experiences with them. But anyway, I wanted her to believe. So I was thinking, well, uh, she had this little book it's called something like Gumar, the Boy from the Stars or something like that. And I started reading it, and then she moved it, so I couldn't finish reading it. But it was a story of a little boy in Costa Rica who talked about living on another planet, and he had magical powers. He could heal other people with his hands and do other amazing things. And so his parents took him to a psychologist, and the psychologist was, was so impressed with the little boy that he wrote a book about him. And I thought, if I could contact that psychologist, and I thought, I thought she saw this in the University of Costa Rica, which is close by because she worked there and stuff. Uh, I thought if I could contact that psychologist and tell him all this interesting stuff that's happening, he could maybe look for more people that are have things happen to him and write a book about it or or somebody should make a movie of, about these things or something, you know. And I asked if that was a good idea, and the pendulum said, yeah, good idea. Okay, so I thought, well, what if I just pretend I'm having a little family party, invite my... My, my mother-in-law and her, her sisters, and then invite the guy. And then we'll have witnesses, and I can, and if this guy is interested in my story, then my wife will believe me, and we'll have her aunts and her mom as witnesses, you know, because she can't take off running or whatever. All that sounded like a good idea, okay? But I didn't know where the book was, so I was going to get the guy's name out with the pendulum, because it spells names, and it wouldn't give me the guy's name. And I was planning having a party at my mother-in-law's just around the corner at uh, 7 o'clock on Saturday. And I, call, I, I invite, called to invite the aunts ahead of time because if I asked my wife, she said, no, don't do that. We're too busy. So I called them anyway. And, um, but the pendulum wouldn't give me the guy's name. So I had to ask, well, how can I do that? Will the guy come without inviting him? And the pendulum said yes. And I thought, wow, that's, that'll be a real test of the pendulum okay so i thought well if if he doesn't come nobody will know we'll just have the party and i won't say anything and all this were only with my thoughts not one single word came out of my mouth out of my mouth (laughs) anyway uh and i asked it's kind of a little house and you know with all of us there we're almost almost short of chairs and i thought well let me ask if if, like if he's bringing his wife or if anybody's coming with him to know if i might have to be ready with more chairs and i asked is he coming alone and the answer was no and he asked, how many, how many are coming with him? And the answer was 24. <laughs> and, I, and now I'm just talking to the pendulum, basically, whatever. I, none of this is in my mouth. But I said, what are those? The angels are going to show him the way? <laughs> and the answer was yes. Okay, so this guy's going to come. I don't know him. He doesn't know me. He's supposed to show up at a specific time, at a place. How can I tell him where? It's just like totally absurd. Okay. So, so I, okay, well, the pendulum says it'll work. This will be a real test, right? I, I, I was having a hard time believing all this, but I, I'd, I'd invited the ants and I told my wife, we're having a party Saturday, at seven o'clock at, at your mom's. He says, ah, why are you doing that? I, we just saw the ants this week. You're just sure, you sure are wasting time. And I said, well, I can't back off, back out because I already, I already invited them. And I'd done that on purpose, right? So Saturday comes along. We're over there. And talking away. We'll get there a little bit early. And I realized it's seven o'clock and the guy hadn't showed up. So I asked the pendulum kind of get off to the side, right? Because I don't, nobody else knows my sinister plans there. Right. And I asked, is the guy coming? And the answer was yes. So I thought, well, how's he going to know which house is?" So I went out and opened the gate, the, the gate to the carport has a metal gate and opened the front door of the house, which we don't normally do, you know, and I left them open so they know we're expecting somebody. And I'm watching my watch. Nobody else knows what's going on. And 7.05, the guy hadn't come. 7.10, the guy hasn't come. I asked the pendulum again, is he coming? And it says yes. And I said, no, it, he's not coming. <laughs> this stupid pendulum is, is, you know, is messing me up. I shouldn't be believing any of this junk. So I said, I'll give him five more minutes. I gave him five more minutes. The guy hadn't showed up. So I called my wife into the bedroom where we're all there sitting on the bed and the chairs talking and i'm ready to tell everybody the truth that well that I, I i stood up my wife finally came in i called her in she finished something came in and sat down by the door and and i stood up to start and started talking and i'm going to tell everybody well besides a family party you know that I'm, i've been playing with the pendulum and according to this stupid pendulum there's a guy supposed to show up And as you can see, the guy didn't show up, and and Matthew was right. I'm 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 going overboard. I need to cool it, and stop believing everything the stupid pendulum says. I started saying that. Okay, one of the ants is a channel. I'd never seen it before, but my wife had told her they'd have family reunions, and she'd start talking, and it's the grandpa and grandma saying hi and and telling, well, you know, the granddaughter maybe she should study this other this other course in university because that's more like her. You know, just family advice that she's bringing, but I'd never seen it. But I start talking, and I'm, and the aunt is sitting on the bed, and all of a sudden her her head just goes down, almost immediately. And I thought I stopped talking. I said, "Wow, I didn't know she goes to sleep like that." I can't remember what they call that—sleep apnea or something. And I thought, well, (laughs) what do I do? Let's wait. I think well, maybe I should wait and see if she's going to wake right up, or or maybe they need to see what happened to her. So I stopped talking, and then all, and then gradually. She's there with her head down like asleep, and she raises her arm up, and she says, and all this is not in, in Spanish, of course, she says, you earthlings sure are disorganized. It was 7 o'clock on the dot, and you weren't ready. We're always on time, but you aren't. It sure is hard to work with you guys. Wow. <laughs> and I uh, probably my jaw hit the floor. <laughs> I'd never seen that. I'd, I'd heard of it, but I'd never seen a channeled message like that. And I said, well, well, I was expecting the man. What happened with the man? And she said, we couldn't find him. Why did you bring us here? And I said, well, I'm having all these experiences with the pendulum, and I want to know what this means. And I, and I thought maybe this man would be interested in it. And the guy says, well, uh, my, the aunt says, right, the channeled message. Well, I don't know who's moving your pendulum. All I know is they sent us here because somebody doesn't believe and she stretches out her arm and there's there's my wife sitting over by the door and she says you you don't believe we came here for you to believe and my wife doesn't say anything and I, and I, st- I started asking some question I can't remember what and and she said we didn't come here to answer questions we're leaving now but I, I insisted in one question I said did you come alone and she said ah no a bunch of us came Those were the 24. So by my thoughts of wanting to convince my wife that there's something in the pendulum, they sent 25 angels at exactly 7 o'clock on the dot. And me, a stupid earthling, wasn't ready to receive them. So when I doubt the pendulum, I just remember that. And we were six witnesses of that.
0: You know why well, that's a good story it's, and i I mean it's a great story anyway without without my confirmation, but what I like about it is that it shows a person that you have you begin to have preconceived notions as to what to expect, and so while you had your preconceived notions of what you were expecting, something else happened, so the whole thing was happening. It's just that you didn't see it.
1: Right now, interestingly, a few years later, I found that book, mm-hmm. and the book is called Gunnar, the the boy magician or the magic boy, okay. not Gumar the boy from the stars. Okay. So I gave them the name of the book wrong. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, but but uh, but I you know that I remember that. Hmm. That's unforgettable. And it was only with my thoughts and the pendulum they sent 25 angels. And not for what I wanted, which was to interview the guy, but to convince my wife, which is also something I wanted. But they came to convince my wife.
0: Now, look, before we run out of time, let's talk a little bit about the people from the distant future and their hybrid program.
1: Yes, this is interesting. Um. So my wife can touch me and have visions of past lives. So she was going back. She, I'd, I'd ask if I'd been a woman, and she saw me as, uh, as a, I think my name was Elisa, sometime like in the Middle Ages in Europe, and I just had a baby, and and you, know, you go back to different lives. <laughs> she saw when I was a uh, Asian fisherman off the coast of Asia. And and these nomads would come with these really weird-looking animals, and we'd barter with them. We couldn't understand the language and stuff. Those were yaks. My wife has no idea that a yak even exists, but she saw yaks in the visions from my past lives. But anyway, I asked about a past life in Egypt, and I was a fairly young guy in, in Egypt who prepared the walls for the carvers. And the carvers were the hybrids. And they did the carvings on the walls with the energy of their hands. They didn't have to use tools. And in that little bit, it came out that we were afraid of them because you never know what they can do. They can disappear. They can levitate. Um, but at the same time, it was, a, it was an honor for a woman to have a hybrid baby. Okay. That's mostly what came out at that time. Okay. We were traveling one time just in the car. And I was driving. My wife was sitting there. And I asked something about that. And she actually started. She got a channeled message about this. And then. Uh, so a bunch of information came out there. And then also I hypnotized her. And talked with these people from the future. I'll tell this story here. And I have that recorded. Um, anyway. About 3,500 B.C. In Egypt. People came from the future. And in the far distant future, humanity is so perfect that it's imperfect. They say they're so smart, they know know exactly what will happen if they do this or do that. Everybody knows exactly what will happen. They have such high intelligence that there are no surprises, there's nothing to learn, and they are stagnant. They decided they need, and their civilization was going to die out because they did nothing. So they decided they had to go to the past and bring back ancient human DNA to mix with their DNA of the future. Okay, so they went back there and the first the first generation were their women with artificial insemination with Egyptian men. And then all of the babies from that were females. These Females, hybrid females, then could actually have intercourse with human men because they're too different. They couldn't cross directly. But, but, but they did this. And then when they, when they had these, these babies then were another generation of hybrids, which, as I understand, are the ones that they were going to take back to the future. I didn't ask how long this was. It was like for a few generations at least. And but said even the people from the future with their perfect intellect, and I asked their IQ is like thirteen thousand or some <laughs> absurd number. You know, I I get people's IQ with a pendulum. I can tell you your dog's IQ, anything you want to know. <laughs> um I have but I have I have some videos on that. You know, I can tell you the the IQ of an ant, which is very low, but but it, it all registers, all this registers. It's like absolute access to information. But anyway, so IQs like thirteen thousand, but I'm talking to this person from the future in the hypnosis, and I ask you, you know, what your name is or who are you? And he said, he or she said, you can call me the spokesman of Genesis. Hmm. They didn't give me a name, spokesman of Genesis, and we can be in touch. Anyway, so after they had, after they'd made enough hybrids, they went back to the future. They left and went back to the future, but. The hybrids, especially the males, they said even them with their almost perfect intellect could not predict what these crazy guys would do. And some of them escaped and they couldn't couldn't catch them. So they ended up being left on the earth when they left back to the future. And we all have hybrid blood. If you want to say blood DNA from those escaped hybrids? And I can ask with the pendulum and I'll ask I'll ask your your percent hybrid DNA okay my wife's percent hybrid DNA is about 3.6 or something like that mine's two point something um and I asked you know I I, I, did, I checked that late I, I said something about, you know maybe your wife has some of that DNA from from those ones that escaped and you know what they said we're watching her <laughs> so I will take the pendulum and I'm gonna check you it wouldn't surprise me if you have a is, is that okay Sure, go ahead. Okay, I'm going to check what percentage yeah. of hybrid DNA you have. If I don't like the result, I'll edit it out. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's fine. I think most people have some, but it varies. It's not direct genetic. you know, if, if I have five, it doesn't mean one parent had ten, the other had zero, or whatever. You know, uh, this is the co- this is the communication mode. I'm not moving the panel; it's just ready for questions. I'm going to say point one percent. It's going. To, it's probably going to be low. Point two. Point three, point four, point five, point six, point seven, point eight, point nine, one, one point zero, one point one, 1 1.0 1.1 and it's going to slowly stop with 1.1. One one. Okay? Let me see if I can find it here. Okay. Now if I say 1.0 it starts starts moving again, see? So you have 1% hybrid DNA. Hmm. I have around 2. And and I have I've tested other people with a little higher and the more the more of this you have, the more psychic abilities you have.
0: I see. Well, I think I'm happy with with the whatever I have. <laughs>
1: yeah. And they said we can be in touch, which is interesting, but we haven't been back in touch. We're too busy, unfortunately.
0: Well, I think we're going to have to leave with the hybrids here because we're we've uh, basically run out of time today. Yeah. But really, a good show. I. Do you have anything you want to say before uh, we close it down?
1: Um, I have the list here, but it's too much. Uh, I'd be more than happy to come back whenever you want. Oh, uh, absolutely. Yeah, on the list here, of course, is, uh, is our ET friends that I've talked to for a couple of hours. So we'll do um, like the next show. Absolutely. Yeah. From Callisto, the moon of Jupiter. They come here to play with the little kids. My experience with portals, which is interesting. And and then the tragedies similar to the similar to the Malaysia Airlines is the Argentinian sub that sunk. I think it was six years ago. Right. And the survivors from that sub that I've been in contact with, and of course it's all covered up. It's 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 actually sometimes disheartening to know the truth about things that are happening, and and nobody listens to you. You know, the Malaysia Airlines jet. I I wrote to Malaysia Airlines twice. I put up videos. Nobody nobody believes it.
0: Well, here's they what don't I
1: want the point.
0: truth. This is the greatest hook I could have ever asked for for the next show. So uh-huh. we'll, we'll we'll start right out there on the next show, and we'll do that. I'll I'll talk to you later. Thank you for listening and watching the Timeless Voyager Series podcast. We're on video players like YouTube and audio players like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Now, one thing you can do to support the growth of Timeless Voyager series is to hit that like button, share, comment, and please subscribe. Uh, my next milestone is 1000 subscribers, and you can help with just hitting that subscribe button. You can do that below in the description. Subscribing is important because it triggers algorithms that help grow the Timeless Voyager channel. And remember, subscribing is free and it's easy to do. My name is Bruce Stephen Holmes, and I hope that your own personal voyage through life towards the development of your highest potential is a joyous and successful one.